Amen. Thank you so much. As we continue our series on the Beatitudes, which is part of our series beginning the Sermon on the Mount, would you stand with me? We have the third of the Beatitudes that we're going to read. Matthew 5, 5 is where we are. For it says simply, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your promises. We thank you, Father, for your, your footsteps that we can follow. We can see how you lived it out. We can experience it in our own lives through the Holy Spirit. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to be obedient, Lord, and then strengthening us to do just that. Thank you, Father, for what you're accomplishing here, for the decisions that are being made. Lord Jesus, we turn them all over to you. Place them on your altar, Lord, as praise to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, we have a, I think this is a difficult beatitude. You need to remember that each beatitude builds on itself, on the previous beatitude, if you will. The first one, to be poor in spirit, we understood. We, uh, we came to that place where we realized that really in this discipleship experience that we call becoming and being a Christian has the reality attached to it that we can't do it ourselves. It's impossible to follow the Christian principles ourselves in our own strength, in our own will. So we become poor in spirit, recognizing that if it's going to be done, the Lord's going to have to be the one to do it. And then we see those who mourn, and we mourn over our sins. We mourn over our sinful nature. We mourn over the fact that we... We understand that we can't do it in our own, and the fact that we are disobedient to the Lord causes us to mourn. And so these two principles are so vitally important to understanding what Christianity or being a disciple is all about. However, we come to number three. You know, it's one thing, I think, to look in the mirror and to be reflective on your own spiritual walk. It's one thing to, in a personal, intimate fashion, to go before the Lord, to say, you know, Lord, I understand. I, I'm like the Apostle Paul in Romans 7. I, I don't do what you've asked me to do. I do what you've asked me not to do. I'm kind of on this, this roller coaster of, a, of discipleship myself, and, and yet, Lord, I'm laying it all bare before you. We don't mind in, at the final result calling ourselves uh, sinners. But now what do we do when somebody else calls us one? This is where it is now. Blessed are the meek. For now the spotlight is on us from the believing and the unbelieving world. Blessed are the meek. This is... This is the natural progression in Christianity. We've come to realize that we can't do it in our own strength and that we mourn for our own sin and our own inability to accomplish what God has asked us to in our own way, in our own strength, in our own ability. 
and yet we, we are disobedient and discharging the things that God has asked us to do or are not doing the things, Lord, that he's warned us about. Now the spotlight is, is from our family and friends and community. It's on us. And this is where this particular beatitude enters into the pilgrimage we call discipleship. Meek. Blessed are the meek. This describes basically a horse that has been broken. The, the Hebrew word that is translated meek is the word that means literally being molded. So we understand the image of the potter in the clay and how the potter is there on his wheel and he begins to mold that lump of clay to become a vessel fit for his use. And he knows exactly what he wants that vessel to be. Being meek is the willingness of that lump of clay to be molded into what the potter desires it to become. And so we learn to accept the potter's control over us to make us what he asks us to be. I don't know if you're there yet. I'm still a work in progress. And I think we all are. And so we come to that place where being poor in spirit and mourning for my sins takes a giant leap forward. For some of us, it's a giant leap period that we're not willing to follow. It means literally that every passion, every instinct, every impulse is under control of the Holy Spirit. And this is where we are today. To be a to live a spirit-controlled life means that not only are we poor in spirit and that we mourn for our sins, but we are meek. We come to that place where we realize that others are watching us. You know, it's one thing. It's like on a natural point, on a carnal point, it's like being on a diet, you know? You, you celebrate it when you lose a few pounds and then somebody comes out and says, I think you look like you've gained a few this week. <laughs> I know you've had that experience. You've shared it with me. <laughs> so being meek then means that even though I'm under my own personal microscope scope in, a, uh, in a real sense, I'm under God's microscope and I understand that in my own personal intimate it's a different ball game when someone else comes to me and say boy you know you were wrong you, you, I, I think you've sinned and come short of the glory of God well I know that but I don't want you to point it out <laughs> you know and to be meek comes to that place where we understand we're still being molded by the Father, by the potter, into a vessel that He desires. Proverbs 16.32 says it this way, Better one with self-control than one who takes a city. That's what meekness is all about. We have a lot of examples in the Scripture. Jesus is the ultimate. And it, it also begs the question about humility. One of my favorite philosophers, Charles Schultz, uh, the author of Peanuts, for those of you that may not know that, had a strip where Charlie Brown is bemoaning himself, and he says to Lucy, 
I hate having so many faults. I wonder what it would be like to know that you were perfect. To which Lucy responds, Take it from me, it's a great feeling. <laughs> Charlie Brown doesn't stand a chance. Not when Lucy's around. You see, this humility is that which banishes all pride. It's not thinking less of yourself as much as it is thinking of yourself less. And it becomes that place where uh, we realize that we have absolute, complete dependency upon the Lord God Almighty. Because without humility, there's no need for God. If I am one of those people that is so full of pride, I'm so full of myself, I don't feel the need for God at all. And yet, with that broken spirit and that mournful experience, we come to that place where we realize that, you know, I need, I need you, Lord, every moment of every day because I can't do it without you. I can't do it without you. Meekness is not a human characteristic. It's only that characteristic that can be given to us by God and Him alone. And it's that humility is that ability to be teachable. You've been around people that uh, feel like they know everything already. The teachable spirit says, I know I don't know everything already. I'm telling you, that there isn't a day that goes by that I don't open the Word of God and see something fresh, sometimes something new, something that I didn't see before. And I'll just simply, in, under the breath, ask the Holy Spirit, why didn't I see that before? And He'll respond very gently, you didn't need it before, but now you do. You need this insight from this particular Scripture. It's that smorgasbord that we go to and we, we, we get our spiritual nourishment on a continual basis. The humility knows that, that we need to be teachable. We need to be pliable to the touch of the potter. We need to be teachable in what we're doing. We reach maturity only when we realize that we are the created and God is the creator. That's when true maturity comes in for us. That's what meek is all about. We become acutely aware of our limitations and our weaknesses and the need for God. Oh boy, I, I think the older I get, the more acutely aware of it I become. However, I have talked to people that are much older than me who are acutely aware that they have no need for being taught anything. They have arrived. All right. We cannot live the Christian life in our own power, in our own resources. It is impossible. God made it that way. By following Jesus Christ, it is an absolute truth that you can't follow Jesus faithfully if you intend to do it in your own resource, in your own strength, in your own uh, lack of teachableness. It can't be done. Numbers 12 says Moses now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of this earth. You know, I think about Moses' life. He spent 40 years in the Pharaoh's court. 
And that wasn't his teachable moments. It was the next 40 years he spent as a shepherd. In that next 40 years, he was on the lowest rung of the ladder, whereas before he had become on the highest rung of the ladder of society. See, the world just doesn't comprehend what this broken spirit and this mourning for our sins and this meekness is all about. Because the world will hammer you with the understanding that if you really want to be something, you've got to use everything at your disposal, every bit of your assets, every bit of your strengths, every bit of your knowledge, and you've got to continue to learn in a way that the world trains you to think. And when you get to that point, it's not going to be enough because there's still, still rungs to be climbed. So there you are. Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. At the beginning of their discipleship, as Jesus lays out this Sermon on the Mount, he is trying to help other people understand if you just watch me, follow me, do the things that I do, think the things that I think, say the things that I say, and you will have a leg up on this discipleship process. So there we are. All Christians, not just some, are going to be to exhibit these characteristics. It's not just for those out in a monastery. It's not for those who are clergy. It's not for those only who are in some elite spiritual uh, discipleship training. It's for all of us. These are basic requirements, folks. This is basic training for all of us that we need to assume these characteristics. But understand, we can't assume them in our own capabilities, in our own strength, in our own way. It must be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it otherwise. It's impossible. All Christians, not just some, are to exhibit this characteristic. The blessing of a person who is spirit-controlled is beyond anything I can, I can express to you. I've experienced it, and I, I've experienced what it's like not to be spirit-controlled. I know the difference between the two, and I much prefer being controlled by the Spirit of God. It's, we are taught by the Holy Spirit. We are led by the Lord Jesus. There's a, there's a definition that I like from one theologian about meekness. He said, meekness is essentially a true view of oneself expressing itself in attitude. Attitude. And conduct with respect to others. It is therefore two things. It is my attitude towards myself and it is an expression of that attitude in relationship with others. I like that definition. Philippians 2.5 when you talk about humility, when we talk about meekness, we think about Jesus. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 has that, that phrase where it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was equal with God, did not claim any of those privileges, but came in the form of a human, limited himself, could have become all the God attributes that he had before, but he chose to be limited 
in the form of man. He was tempted in every point as we are, the scripture says, yet he was without sin. He never disobeyed the Father. And this is the discipleship model that he has set before you and me. Wow. It can't be done in your own strength. I won't, I cannot emphasize that strongly enough. It cannot be done by any resource that you have other than the resource of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It cannot be done. So if you're relying solely on your own ability, if you're relying solely on your own uh Assets or your own characteristics or your own personality or, or your own skills or talents, you're going to fail. You cannot do this without the Holy Spirit in control. Leave everything in the hands of God. And then what will happen? They will inherit the earth. Now, wait a minute. Can you imagine meek people running this world? Jesus could. The world has a hard time. In fact, the world cannot comprehend this. The world only knows power. The world only knows strength. It only knows I can come in authority or in power over some other country or some other people and dominate them. And when I dominate them, then I control them. But the meek shall inherit the earth. Our attitude towards the Father and His reaction or response to other people, including His enemies, is reflected in this statement. You see, the meek, those who are in complete control by the Lord, are always satisfied. They're always content. Now, does that definition eliminate you from being meek? We always have that thing where we say, well, I, you know, if I just had, or if I could just do, or if I just went somewhere, if I just had this, I could be content. But the true meek person who has turned it all over in control of our Creator God is content with what He has, is content with what she does. Psalms 37 says it this way, the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Hope in the Lord and keep His way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. It's always been. Even before Jesus came to this earth, it's always been. Isaiah 57, 13 said, whoever takes refuge in me will inherit the land. Isaiah 60, verse 21 says, Then all your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. 2 Peter 3.13 says, We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And of course, Revelation 21.1 said, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Wow. It's true. The meek will inherit the earth. And it's true that whatever the world claims to be domination will just evaporate and the meek will take over. 1 Corinthians 6 tells us that saints, the true believers, will judge the world and we will also judge the angels. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 that we who have Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit in us, are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. 
We, we are there on this earth to rule it. One theologian said to, to just give you an idea about what this verse is all about. It says, Oh, the bliss of the man who has every instinct and impulse and passion under control because he himself is spirit controlled who has the humility to realize his own ignorance and his own weakness for such a man is a king among men. Wow. I like that. And so meekness is that willingness to be moldable by the potter, you the clay. It is that humility that places it all at the foot of the Christ, of the cross, at the foot of Jesus, and says, you know, Lord, I've come to realize I don't have the resources to do this thing we call discipleship. I don't have the resources in my own as much money or assets that I might have. I don't have the resources to follow you faithfully the way that you expect to be followed. But your resources through the Holy Spirit have been given to me if I simply rely on them. So where are you in this whole concept of being meek? Well, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the world. They will inherit the land. It will be ours one day. It will be ours. And I say ours because I'm still struggling in this concept of meekness as well. But I have turned it over to the Lord. I don't try to do it in my own strength, in my own knowledge, in my own ability, with my own talents. I know the Lord is in control here. He is absolutely in control. Well, my question to you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? There are some of you out there that have been considering it. You're thinking, you know, I've uh, this thing about Jesus, I, I've done what I've done in my life and I've had a good life and I've gotten by with a lot of good things and yet there's still this emptiness in me that's gnawing on me. I can't explain it, you might say, but I can tell you what it is. There's a hole in your heart that can only be filled with Jesus. That's the way we are created. We are wired that way. We are wired for eternity. It is your decision as to where you're going to spend it. With Jesus or an eternity apart from him. So, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? There's others of you that are saying, you know, I never, I haven't really come forward to profess Jesus. Jesus says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. But, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. Sometimes a form of denial is just sitting down and being quiet. Sometimes it's not following through on an invitation. Sometimes it's just not doing anything. Have you acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you followed him faithfully? Have you followed him in baptism? You're looking for a church home. Uh, it's time that the, the uh, searching is over for some of you because you found a church family here and we love to have you be a part of us 
So this invitation is for each and every one of us. It's also a time to rededicate our lives. Lord, I know that I haven't been as poor in spirit as I need to be. I'm kind of a spirited animal. And I, Lord, I know you're trying to break that spirit and cause me to rely fully and wholly upon you. And I know that, that I, I'm not mourning as much as I should be. I know I'm going to be comforted over my sins and my sinful nature. But Lord, then I come to this thing about being meek, about being controlled by you, about realizing that I can't do it without you. I absolutely cannot do it without you. Whatever it is, it always goes better when you're in control. Would you stand with me for prayer? Our most gracious Father, we just praise you for this day that you've given us, for this blessing that's ours in Jesus. Lord God, we know that you're here. We know that you're in control. We know that these decisions that are being made even now are for your glory. Father, we thank you for them. We thank you for these three who are baptized today, Lord Jesus. What a blessing. And we thank you, Father, for others that are making decisions that will become fruitful in the next moments ahead. So be with us, Lord. Help us to know your will and to do it faithfully. Father, thank you. For it's in Jesus' precious name we pray these things. Amen. Won't you come as we sing the hymn of invitation? I'll be here at the front to pray with you about your decisions. Won't you come?